my name is Imani. And my name's Andrea, and you're listening to Raise Your Words. Welcome to Raise Your Words. Before we dive in, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? So I'm Miriam. First of all, thank you so much for having me on here. It's a great pleasure of mine. Um, I'm almost 26 years old. My birthday's on the 19th of June. I am <laughs> um, uh, a new mom to an almost eight-month-old son named Zied. Um, Background-wise, I'm half Egyptian and I'm third-generation Irish. Um, so you know, a very stubborn, hard-headed person. <laughs> I'm very much like, uh, but I'm I'm flexible. But I'm also like uh, I have a lot of willpower. So if I really want something, I will work towards it. Uh, I've been married for three years this month um, to my husband, Omar, um, and I'm currently finishing up my bachelor's of journalism at Ryerson University here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Awesome. And congrats on the three years. That's amazing, mashallah, as well as also your son, Ziad, is so cute. I've seen your like Instagram page, um, mashallah, again. <laughs> so <Thank you. laughs> with that, um, one of the things that I really love is that we both did the same major. We are both, um, we have a bachelor's degree in journalism. And so one of the things that I wanted to ask you is as a journalist, what are some of your tips for detecting bias in mainstream like news outlets, especially in regards to Palestine and other like other topics as well? Yeah, so to give you some context, especially with everything that's been happening in Palestine as of late, a lot of journalists, whether like myself as a freelancer or folks that work in um, mainstream newsrooms, um, signed a letter demanding newsrooms to actually have more um, fair coverage when it comes to Israel and Palestine. And um, that's because Canadian media is very similar in some sense to American media where, you know, we have our our government run um, channel called CBC. And then we have like our main other channels like CTV, City TV, um, Global News, et cetera. And a lot of them um, are owned by, the one thing about um, Canadian journalism to give some context is like basically every outlet, whether it be radio or, um, you know, television broadcast is, there's the big three um, broadcast companies in Canada. Um, similar to our, you know, our cell phones, like we don't have as many options as the Americans do. So we have like three main companies that are kind of controlling the media, no matter what channel it's on. So that's one thing. And the way um, folks can like detect bias is to see how the voices and what type of voices are being, um, you know, put into a specific story or multiple stories on a specific topic if you're seeing that it's very one-sided and not balanced reporting first of all we're we as journalists know that there has to be a balanced reporting when it comes to reporting on very sensitive issues especially about everything happening in Palestine um, but a lot of that nowadays what we've been seeing is um, it's whenever there is attacks um, done by Palestinians, it's always at the forefront of the news cycle. But when Palestinians are being attacked, you know, that's kind of hush hush. And even though the Palestinians are being attacked exponentially more than Israeli people and the death count is, as you see, they have been one of the most robust 
military systems in the world, unfortunately, and, and the Palestinians are suffering from that. So you see that a lot here where there's very one-sided views and not a lot of the times with conflict, especially um, when it comes to Palestine, but also with uh, the recent discovery of 215 indigenous children that were buried under a residential school in British Columbia, Canada. Um, the reporting on indigenous communities is also quite poor and it's very one-sided as well. So if you are left reading an article and you're like, oh, but I don't understand like the other side or like the other end of the picture, then then obviously you can detect, detect there's some bias in that. Yeah, that was beautifully said. And that brings me to the next one, which is as a journalist, what are, sorry, as a journalist, what are some things the media is missing when reporting incidents in Palestine that you've noticed? So definitely, you know, they tend to report about the missiles that Hamas is, um, has been shooting. And we're not saying people who are advocating for Palestine are not saying that Hamas doesn't shoot <laughs> missiles. But first of all, like I just mentioned before, Israel has one of the most robust military systems in the world. Um, they are heavily uh, funded by Western entities, especially the, the United States. And they have an iron dome is one of the most sophisticated defense mechanisms in the world where it will detect when a rocket's coming into their airspace and they'll shoot it down. So there's little to no civilian casualties. And so people fail to realize that yes, there are, Hamas is shooting rockets, but most of the time it's not really affecting Israeli people. But not a lot of Israelis have been dying. Where in Gaza, for example, it's a heavily populated area, very densely populated. So many rockets are coming in, children are being targeted, and there are people are uh, are failing to recognize that there are people that actually want to kill these children because they think they're going to grow up and become anti-Israel, right? A lot of the times, um, that when I when the media talks about Israel and Palestine, they only talk about recent history and not about the, the, the reality of Palestinians being indigenous to the land there. And that in 1948, um, the Nakba happened, which is the catastrophe in which a lot of these towns were wiped out and um, people were forced to flee to Jordan, to Lebanon, etc. So it's, again, it, it doesn't show the whole picture. It's like as if you're looking at a jigsaw puzzle and there's pieces missing and you don't understand like what that's supposed to be, but it's supposed to be a cat, for example, but you can't tell because jigsaw pe puzzle pieces are missing. So that's like one big thing is like, um, Palestinians don't have an army. They don't have any defense mechanisms to protect their civilians. And one also thing is not every Palestinian is gonna agree with what Hamas is doing. And just like any community, you can't paint people with the same brush as I wouldn't want to be painted with the same brush as um, people who do violence in the name of Islam. As a visible Muslim, I don't agree with that. Uh, it's not in our teachings. But again, you shouldn't be painting us just because we share one commonality. There's so many different things that, things that make us different, right? So that's like one thing I'd also like want to mention. Yeah, 
Exactly. It's also really unfortunate how uh, like one bad person is unfortunately the face of an entire group, and it's mm-hmm. just absolutely unbelievable. Where it's like, oh, you know, they're terrorists, da da da. They're gonna like destroy everything, and it's like, no, you know, there's just this one awful person, but that doesn't represent everybody else. But the issue is that one horrible person is the loudest, and it's gonna get more attention, and then people are gonna feed off it and write articles. And yeah. the issue is, it's never to like it's good to touch on it rather it's I wish as well as um, you know the media also portrays more positive light of like positive uh, practicing Muslims as well because I feel like I think that's the only way we can really slowly over time like just tackle it down so then you know hopefully at some point we'll just see each other as equals not this just like this foreign scary thing rather than like hey you're just we're just alike we just have different belief systems and this is how I view the world and I'm not this character cartoonish awful person you know i'm a person with feelings and hopes and dreams and i just believe in this and i practice this but um i fully understand that so i it's it's scary stuff out there oh yeah and speaking of like social media um like advocating on social media and with the recent like censorship on palestine and even like a lot of muslim sensitive topics how would you go about like posting about Palestine and just in general um, with knowing the fact that that post could potentially be censored because it's talking about Palestine. For sure. So one thing that I like to, like this one point I wanna mention then I'll give my tips is with social media, you know, it's, it's done a lot of good when it comes to what's happening in Palestine currently. Because I can remember when I would speak out about Palestine years ago, even in the last five, six years, mostly Arabs or Muslims um, would be the ones posting. But now that it's become more of a widespread issue and the atrocities that are happening are coming to light, a lot of non-Muslims and non-Arabs in particular are posting. And people forget that, you know, Palestinians are not just Muslim. There are Palestinian Jews, there are Palestinian Christians. And that's what's been great about the social media movement currently is that, you know, we have seen people like Mohammed Al-Kurd and Mona Al-Kurd, who, thank God, were um, released from detention yesterday. They were, uh, today, they were detained last night, and I think they got released today. They've been really showing their reality and, you know, their... Um, home was taken by a settler named Jacob, as we all know, he's an American settler. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, seeing their, um, their plight and seeing firsthand what's happening in Sheikh Jarrah and every other place in Jerusalem currently and in Palestine um, is being shared now widely, which is great. But I want people to also remember that, you know, activism can't just be on social media. And just because um you're posting all the time it it's helpful but doing research on your own time offline kind of seeing exactly what's going on and how you can help with your skill sets I believe is far has a far greater impact right so at first I personally was getting upset and I'm still a bit upset with people who were um you know, very vocal about different social justice causes throughout the years. But when it came to um, Palestine, they were very quiet. 
um, that really bothered me. And there are people who have stayed a little bit quiet or haven't been posting as much, but I know for a fact they're doing the work on the ground. They are, you know, um, educating themselves further. And so when it comes to Instagram censorship, what I've been trying to do is I try to balance out my postings. And what I've noticed is when I post like regular content in the middle of like um, Palestine related content, I feel it helps a bit better. Also making sure that when you use the word Palestine, you're not actually spelling the word Palestine out. And when you change it, you're not using the same change all the time. You're constantly changing it because you know, the algorithm is run by artificial intelligence. It will pick up on patterns where they see you writing Palestine in the same style and they'll know to block that. So you want to be able to do that. Um, and when sharing um, things, this is not even just a censorship thing, but let's say you were to copy a link on Instagram and send it to your, your family WhatsApp group. At the end of each URL, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, whatever, it will have like a tracking code that will tell you exactly where that's coming from. So when you take off that tracking code and just have the, the original URL of that post, it will actually think, the system will now think that it's organic, con, uh, organic reach that's getting rather than being shared. So less likely to be flagged. Again, I'm not a data scientist. I'm just thinking about when I used to study engineering and how that was like and kind of thinking about what would help. So that's like what I do too um, uh, in terms of like just, um, yeah, like that's what I do in terms of like making sure that my content has that organic reach so it actually can reach more people and I'm not getting censored. Um, but yeah, that Palestine thing, like don't keep using the same secret code for Palestine and um, the taking out the tracking code on URLs is really important as well. And also take a break, honestly. Um, yeah, you know, I can agree more than that. Yeah, take some breaks because sometimes it gets really intense and it because it, 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 affect, it affects you, but it all, it's just also like, it's just so intense and it's very depressing where it's like you want to fight for these rights and fight for these issues, but it does drain on you, not only physically, but emotionally yeah. as well. So yeah, take that break. Yeah. I- Mm-hmm. Yeah, I honestly didn't realize how much it would affect me mentally to keep up to date with Palestine all the time. But I honestly, there were times when I just couldn't stomach it and had to take a break. And I was feeling so bad and so guilty about doing that because I was like, they can't take a break. Like, this is the reality. Um, and so I was like, trying to force myself to kind of just keep like being up to date and I think finding that balance between being up to date but also knowing okay it's okay to take a break it doesn't mean that you don't care less it's just um that's how it is for you with your like own mental health and just dealing with it in your own way um like I said like just kind of staying up to date was like my main priority with a lot of like other things going on as well um And I think for me, it was just like, I'm the kind of person who feels so deeply about a cause. So when I see that like other people aren't posting as much, I'm like, do all these people just not care that there are so many lives being um, taken? And like that really hurts when it's like, you see people who are like not posting and then 
and again it's just more of like well there are some people who prefer to do the work offline and that's something to keep in mind too is that oftentimes we forget that while we're posting online and posting online is great because it gets the coverage that they deserve but they're not getting anywhere else um it's also important to do the work offline as well because yeah, I think the problem is there's a sort of like a two extremes where it's like, oh, you're not posting enough, you don't care. Or it's like, oh, you're posting way too much, you know, you know, don't send out the wrong information. So it, it's kind of more if you need to find a balance where I'm someone where I have the right information you're going to send out on social media, do what you can. If you don't, learn about it and try, but don't feel that pressure. Because sometimes people kind of, even myself, I sometimes feel like that as well, where I, I try to I try to read and understand, uh, you know, issues that's going on. But at the same time, I don't want to throw in uh, misinformation or some chain I saw on Instagram. I want to look it down and go, okay, what can I actually do as an ally to really spread the word and actually help and not look like, well, okay, I got my woke brownie points. I'm going to go home and not think about it, you know, no, it's, I, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's a, it's a balance of that. So, which in a way actually dives in. And I think we touched on the subject is, you know, your thought of activism on social media realm. And I think we kind of, I think we all answered the question together. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we're good on that, but yeah, yeah. Cause, I, cause that's, I want, I want to hear your thoughts on that as well, because we touched on that, but I think another thing I want to talk on is you know, how does it affect you personally? So for me, I think what I try to what I try to do the best I can is not only giving out the right information and properly studying it is he hearing the groups of people that are affected and how does it affect them emotionally? Because I feel like we're not going to hit people home if you don't hit them emotionally, not like a sob story, like a Sarah McLaughlin commercial. God, God, I hope not. Yeah. More of like, <laughs> have you found it funny? Uh, but more of just uh, along the lines of, you know, how can this person, how can you touch the heart and touch the empathy of a person who, one, doesn't even know this exists or why should they care in the first place, right? You know, it's, for me, it's more of like my friends affected by it. There are innocent people dying, getting bombed on an unfortunate event where they were celebrating a holy day. You know, imagine you're ha having fun on Christmas, opening gifts, being with family members, and all of a sudden, half of them are dead. Buildings are destroyed it's gone. You're, you're covered in debris. You're covered in tears. And you see what I mean? I'm not trying to throw a sympathy. Like this is reality. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I also use now, I also analogies are good too. So I compare it to what happened with the native Americans now, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, that's, that's what I hope, I hope I can help you guys out with that too, regarding how much I can help you guys as an ally, because, um, you know, I'm still trying to learn new stuff and, uh, yeah, social media is a very, it's a very slippery slope. So for me, it's like, you know, if you are good at social media, go for it. If you know more about the issue, go for it. If you don't, please just tread lightly, you know, because like, nothing bugs me than, you know, someone posting something that's one, not related or two, doesn't really push the agenda. So it's like, okay, cool. It's kind of like those pictures of like someone like wearing a cute dress and it's like, you know, take care of Palestine. I'm like, okay, well, how's that going to help? You know, rather it's like, okay, I found this organization that donates to this. Uh, here's a person that represents uh, what a website that is an activist for said issue. You know, here's the link to this, you know? So uh, hopefully I, I hope I can help you guys out with that too. <laughs> Cause yeah. I, even myself, I try to learn, but you know, again, I hear from you guys who are personally affected by this and hopefully I can help within 
my reach, but I, I mean, it's not part of the question we have here, but I can also ask you this because I think, again, if you want people to care, you know, it's the emotion, right? So, but, you know, how yeah. did it personally <clears throat> affect you? You know, like Imani mentioned it, but for you yeah. as well, it's, you know, how did it, you know, like you said, like for you, Imani, it was hard for you to work, but, you know, you as well as, you know, you're a mother, you're a journalist, you're also a wife, you know, so like, how did that also affect you in your daily life with other things that correlate to that, you know, because that, that's tough. It's very hard. Yeah. So, yeah, as you said, I have a lot of roles and um, the play to Palestinians has been something I'm really invested in for a very long time. Um, my parents always uh, instilled that learning what's happening in the world and, and doing something about it was always important since I was a kid. And, um, you know, I've, I've been on the receiving end of the accusation of being an anti-Semite because I support Palestine and it's not something new to me. And so mm -hmm. the fact that people I know are now getting that same accusation their way is really kind of bothersome <laughs> to say the least. Mm -hmm. I'll be, I'll be real. Um, my mental health was already not in the, the best place, um, especially when in Ramadan, um, everything going on in the world is just uh, and and to give you context, we're still in a lockdown here in Toronto. So until um, hopefully the fourteenth. So hopefully another more week, one more week. <laughs> we're, Good luck. <laughs> yeah, we've been in a lockdown. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Maryland's kind of the same way in terms of the lockdown. We're kind of stuck between like a weird phase one and phase two because things are kind of opening up, but then there's a lot that are still like shut down. Meanwhile, I know Jersey, I think recently took off the mask mandate, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. yeah. We wish we have nothing open. We, so we had to stay at, okay, I'll give you context and it kind of plays into this as well. So I live in one of the worst hotspots in the country. Um, I'm right outside of Toronto and my region and Toronto have been in a lockdown since end of November, 2020. And then the whole province went into a stay-at-home order, which was like illegal to leave your house unless you go through shopping and whatever. And that just lifted like four days ago. And now we're still in a lockdown, but like nothing's open. So like even when you go to like Walmart, for example, you only can buy food or baby food and pharmacy stuff. Like they block out off everything else. You can't even touch it. Non-essential retail is closed and restaurants are closed like nothing's open right so basically to tell you because I've navigated my first eight months of motherhood basically in a lockdown and I've been just like dealing with my own like postpartum issues everything that's happening in Palestine is really affecting me because you know I'm a very empathetic person and I'm very sensitive and when I know of suffering like that in the world, no matter where it is, whether the Uyghurs in, in China and and in Somalia, when they were going through the the their their uh, the um their famine, like the yeah. drought. <laughs> I was like, what's the word? Uh, yeah, yeah, and I think recently it's been Nepal, Colombia, Sri Lanka as well. Yeah. Everywhere, you know, it's like all the people are going through so much on top of a global pandemic. And it's just been extremely difficult to manage. So um, I try to, I try, I'm not the best at it, try to like stay away from social media every now and again, but it's really hard for me because I keep in contact and I feel I need to use my privileges 
somebody who lives in an area, even though I live in a set of settler colonial country where, you know, our, our own indigenous people are being treated like garbage. Um, you know, I have a voice, whether it be small or not. Um, and I got to use it, but got to take those breaks. So trying my best. I feel, I feel the same thing with like rights for women. It's our mothers fought so then we can voice, even though they didn't have one, we have the privilege for like, will issues be solved? Unfortunately not. But will people be willing to listen to us? And as we advocate for something, yes. And then hopefully within, you know, with your child and our children in the future, who knows, uh, then they'll have the tools that we create for them. So then they can do more stuff to, you know, further, to further help an issue. So it's fully understandable. So, yeah, cause I just, it's, it's more of, you know, no, how, no matter how much we can educate someone or educate a crowd about issues, I think at the end of the day is for people and it's how does it affect you emotionally, you know? So it's, that's for me, like you said, sympathetic, empathetic, just, you know, how does it hit home to the humane side of everything? Cause at the end of the day, we're all people. And the more we get a better side of what it affects us in a humane way, I think the more it's going to really push, push the agenda a lot more forward, but that's just, that's just me. I'm not a journalist major, but I'm mm-hmm. communications. That's, I mean, conversation, we're good at that. Um, so that's, I think, from my point of view. So it leads yeah. us to our next question, Amani, right? Yeah, I mean, that kind of bring us, brings us back a little bit. But what are some ways that students can advocate for Palestine? And, like, I know one of the more popular ones is, like, especially, like, marching in protests and posting online. What other tangible actions can they take? Yeah, definitely, like, seeing any groups uh, locally. Um, there's, like, something called the Palestinian Youth Movement here, um, where it's, like, youth, uh, Palestinian youth that live in Canada, like, they've organized a lot of the protests, so even volunteering with them. Um, we have something called uh, Canadians for Justice and Peace in the Middle East, so they're also great supporting them and their causes as well, whether donating, etc. And also... Uh, registered charities are actually doing groundwork in in Gaza and other places in Palestine. Um, you know, at the end of the day, these people need support. <laughs> Their houses have been bombed. They have very little access to food, and you know, they live in a very densely populated area where it isn't comfortable to live in. Um, but yeah, obviously, attending protests is great. I try to go, but I'm not mom now, so I don't go as often. And also, you should follow. <laughs> public health guidelines when it comes to that but yeah just um doing what you can and educating your family let's say you come from a family that's not really well aware of the situation in Palestine like educate them you know any education starts from your close circles and then it can keep it growing like a domino effect and I really think that's like what should be done is like making sure our families and our close circles are being well educated on this topic as well that was beautiful Mm -hmm. you said um, and that also kind of leads me to the next one, which for like protests and march, especially, um, do you have any safety precautions that students or even young adults can take before going to a protest, either from your own experience or from what you know? So when I went to one here, um, I made sure I wasn't actually like, in the crowd because I'm not about to get COVID. <laughs> like, I'm 
Nope. Um, I masked no up. No Rona here. You know, no Rona right here. No, no, no. Rona here. No, thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yes. I really, and I, I hate saying this, but people weren't doing it where some people weren't wearing their masks, even though it's illegal not to wear. But wearing your masks, being as socially distant as you can. Um, right now, it's the, the we're getting into summer and it's extremely hot, especially like here in Toronto. I know in New York, New Jersey, etc. So you know, staying hydrated. And, you know, I personally like don't like to be in the middle of a crowd because you never know what's going to happen. And just even like being on the outskirts, I think is effective and just um, following it from there. Um, and I personally don't think people should be bringing their young children, especially if there's like people smoking and like, I don't know, people bring so many things. So and also, we don't know how out of hand protests will get. Since yeah. Sometimes it just happens. And then in that moment, you're not sure what's going to happen. Yeah. And also weed is legal here in Canada. So um, people who were smoking weed and it's like disgusting. Like, I, I wouldn't want my child around that. Right. So just like keeping your child safe for sure is what I would say. And it's for people who have children. I mean, it's good. I mean, careful, guys. Don't smoke that. Smoke mm-hmm. that good kush. I'm kidding. Please don't. Don't do drugs, guys. Don't do drugs. I mean, if it's like for health issues, sure, but just don't be a jerk about it. Just exactly. don't be a jerk and just like ruin it for everybody else. It's not, it's pretty tacky. Not a good time. <laughs> I uh, mean, I can't relate since, uh, as, I mean, anyway, as like Muslims and stuff, we don't drink or smoke. So I, a lot of us don't. Um, but I know like in some cases, some people do, but that's a story for a different day. It's another podcast um, episode. It's another lecture for another time. Back to you with uh, yeah, so, questions. So to lead, to lead back on that, since you also touched on you're also a mother, how has it changed your perspective within Palestine or, has, or hasn't it changed my perspective-wise meaning of, uh, you touched on it a bit, how being a mother, you're more cautious, and also how it affects you going on social media, working in journalism. I guess mentioning has it changed your perspective as it, like in a sense of like you're more protective now regarding, you know, like, oh, you know, in the future, will my child be okay going there? Or like maybe what happened? Or like, I guess for my case growing up, you're worried if like the news that your kid will hear growing up and it's like, okay, well, I know the news says this, but in reality, this is what Palestine's actually like right now. And I'm, well, I fear of mis- misinformation, so... what is your has it changed your perspective regarding Palestine being a mother um I think uh there's more conviction in me to speak out um I pray for a world where my son doesn't have to see all these atrocities happening um and that you know my son if he were ever to ask me what did you guys do about this that I could say I did I did my best and given my circumstances Mm -hmm. so that's like a huge thing and I think just as in general, like as a mother, I've become more sensitive to so many different issues and and it's given me more motivation to speak out and, and do good, especially when children are being killed. And that, that really breaks my heart. It's just give him a an extra hug when I can because it's been, it's rough. It's rough. Especially like seeing like, just everything on the news you know like one moment you're with your family the next moment they're gone it's especially I think for me like I go on BBC uh, for some daily news and just again just seeing the debris and just seeing like this father crying like holding his dead child in his arms you know and it's just 
I think what's more uh, in a way chilling is you can we can turn off the TV and then that's it. We can go on in our day, but people in Palestine can't do that. They can't turn off the TV. They can't go back eating their dinners like nothing happened. This is the reality that they live in, and it's absolutely dreadful. And that's, I think, the, I think the part, too, that really has, like, a chill down my spine uh, with a wave of depression of, oh, God, this sucks. You know, I don't know how to properly say this uh, in a very grammatically mature way. But, you know, just, it's, it's just sometimes okay, it's okay to say, you know, it really sucks. Yeah. But again, you know, right, like you said, doesn't mean that you can't do nothing about it. So, and that's a privilege you also have as Americans as well, um, or you're in Canada or as a Canadian as well. So, you know, there we are, uh, which will, I mean, not the best segue, but we'll, I'll segue this in because um, like, you pretty much touched on that because um, I, I, as we kept talking, you're hitting some of the questions that we have. Okay. Yeah, da, 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 da. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's the No, point. you're I, good. I, I, like I that's the goal for me as a, for you being a guest is like, you hit all the questions and I'm like, great. You're, you're, you're I'm doing it. enjoying this a lot. And like, it's a really hard topic to talk about too. So thank you honestly so much for like taking the time out of your day to talk about such a sensitive topic as well. Oh, anytime. Honestly, I'm really honored to have been a guest and just, yeah, really, really enjoy this opportunity. This is more, I want people to care. And it's like, okay, how can we get people to care? Cause it's like, again, you got it. You have to, for me, it's like, again, like no matter how much information you give, it's okay. How can you teach, how can you touch someone on the humane side? Right. You know, exactly. uh, that's just how I've seen a lot of things. I mean, even myself, I get hesitant to post stuff on Palestine. I'm like, do I know enough? Am I qualified enough? You know? So I think the difference- that's the part that bugs me more because like with the Black Lives Matter movement was I am American. I had friends, people of color who've been affected by police. I'm also Hispanic. I have family affected by police. So it hits more home to me. But when it comes to Palestine or South Asian hate, it's just a little more harder of like, okay, I'm not familiar with this. You know, what can I do? Like, am I qualified enough for this? So like, that's usually like the hard part for me as like, a, I guess, an ally bystander. One of the things I also wanted to kind of just throw in there is, I don't know if you knew this, Mariam, you were kind of on my list of people that I wanted to have on the podcast, like in the way beginning. Um, And so I'm really happy that we got to make this work as well as the fact that, I mean, I know the topic that we initially had for you is completely different to the one that we ended up doing, but this is such an important topic and I wanted to make sure we covered it. So I'm really happy that we were able to get you for this. Thank you so much. No, really appreciate it. And um, just glad that I can, you know, use any bit of my voice to support something that's really dear to me and that needs to be told more. Yes. You're even a monitor for me. Like, I know you're not Palestinians, but it's more of like, you it's also, it affects you as well religiously. So you're also mm-hmm. part of the face. Does that make sense? So it's, we yeah. need to, we need to push your voice. My privilege is to push you guys to speak more, but also go, Hey, I, I have trouble getting out of bed. I have trouble going on social media. It's hard working my nine to five because all I think about is, holy shit, is my parent, is my, is my dad's uh, sister going to be okay from the hospital because they're near like the bombings, you know, like that's the shit you got to talk about because that's when you're going to hit people. That's when you go, oh shit, this is an issue, you know, unfortunately. And, and that's the sad part. It's like, it takes one person to die in order to do something. And that part is really messed up. So hopefully with it is like, we're not good. I hope that 
the voices that you have can help. And, you know, we don't need another person dying just for Americans to go, oh, shit, this is an issue. We should do something about this, you know, which is yeah. really fucked up. I'm um, cursing my bad. I'm just like, oh, I have the anger, in my, in the anger in my soul. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think one of the like hadiths that is kind of like mentioned a lot in like our religion and it kind of describes why a lot of us are very empathetic towards all sorts of injustices is that the prophet said the believers in their affection compassion and love for one another are like one single body if a part of it suffers from pain the whole body will suffer in pain and that part really touches especially um in regards to palestine and other um events that are going on but specifically with Palestine because there's so many children whose lives have been lost as well as like women and just people in general and it's so heartbreaking to hear the news and even just read the news as well because it's just it 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 affects you also personally so that's another thing that people don't really people don't really think about but again that's just I think it's just we're we're all we're all our own uh gods within our universes so like if it doesn't affect us we don't really care and is it messed up yeah but unfortunately that's how humans are but again is if you're able to get the attention and show like the humane side of an issue that can affect them and can gain some form of empathy they'll go oh okay this is a this is a problem you know it's so that's that's the best way I could really uh, say on that what are some things that um, our listeners should take away after hearing all this information you've given regarding you know you know you being personally affected by it the things you hear on the news the things you talk about regarding how the media is reporting what's happening in Palestine what are some it could be wise words it could be how you feel in the moment right now or something you read in an article that our listeners can take away after hearing a lot of this heavy stuff that we've been talking about? I would say people should take the time to do offline research, uh, especially on the history of Palestine, and, you know, take the time to figure out how your skill set would be well used in order to help the cause and hopefully one day free Palestine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I would say that's like the biggest thing is like we all have our different skill sets. Not everybody should be doing the same thing because that won't be effective. Agreed. Um, another thing as, as well as here in Canada, we're a parliamentary system similar to the UK. So like we have members of parliament that like represent our area and then they are a part of a party so we've been I know for me I've, I've emailed my own member of parliament regarding this kind of pressuring your I would say isn't it like your, I'm trying to remember senators House for of us in the U.S. is U.S. House of Representatives Senate. and yeah. each so each state has a different one I know for me I had to look up the Maryland state but there was a link that somebody had in their bio where Basically, you can check to see who your House of Representatives are, and they actually will give you an email confirmation letter saying that this is from this representative and that your letter was sent. So you will get that email confirmation letter, and it's actually really easy to send it to them, too, which I really liked that it wasn't a hard process or anything like that. Yeah. So you you guys have different House of Representatives, yeah, based on, like, population etc so whatever your 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 whoever your your representative is like you reach out to them and and see how you know the U.S. at the end of the day and I'm sure most listeners are American 
funds a lot of money to Israel. And, and in turn, it affects Palestinians. So I would say, you know, trying to do that, you know, every number counts and pacing yourself. That's a huge thing as well is, you know, you don't want to do so much at once and then crash and burn. I think pacing yourself and seeing what you can do is super important. What would you recommend like areas to like donate or organizations to support what's happening in Palestine? I'm not sure about the U.S., but we have, I know the U.S. has this, Islamic Relief Canada is also on the ground there. So you can donate to them. Any like registered charity that you know is, is doing on the ground work there is good, but also your local groups that are doing a lot of advocacy work here, uh, Canadians for Justice and Peace in the Middle East, Palestinian Youth Movement, etc. You know, that is really important to ensure like a lot of these people know where the money's going. And there's also small businesses that source like their stuff from Palestine, whether it be like Kifiyas or you can get like olive oil and like that type of stuff. So finding these brands, there's one called City Soap. It's a Canadian brand that uh, helps Palestinian refugees in mostly in Jordan, and they create like soap out of Palestinian olive oil. They're also selling other Palestinian products now to help support people on the ground there. So that's like a company that I know the founder and and they do some really great work. You spell it S-I-T-T-I and soap on social media and their own website. Alrighty. I have nothing much to say. What about you, Imani? Any last words you want to say or? Yeah. So there is one other thing is, I don't know if we got a chance to ask this, but if you got to pick the name of your episode for today, what would it be? Oh my God. I don't even know. I was looking at the question the whole time and I was like, what would I name this? One of the things that I was thinking of, and if you do have a suggestion, you can let me know, but I was thinking in conversation with Mariam on Palestine but if you have an idea for an episode title, please feel free to let us know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even that well known, so I wouldn't put my name. <laughs> um, so I would be like, maybe talk about me as like a young journalist talking about Palestine. I don't know. So like a young journalist perspective on Palestine. Does that work? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, oh, I like it. Yeah, I think like also with this approach, I wanted to do something that was slightly different from what we've been seeing a lot of the times. And oftentimes we don't get a journalist perspective on it because obviously they're too busy. They're on the ground covering news all the time, constantly. So I was really happy that we were able to get you because since it is a sensitive topic, it's really important to have an object. Like, I guess the way to say it is like, it's really important to have basically kind of a more bird's eye view on Palestine. Oh, that's amazing. Before we end, Mariam, is there anything that you would like to add that we didn't ask that you would just like to say before we end? Yeah, I would say, you know, it's a scary time and, you know, people are very worried of speaking out, etc. Honestly, at the end of the day, as a believer, I know I will be judged about what I didn't or did not do. So don't have fear. We're here together and we can do some great things. Inshallah. That was well said. And with Very that, lovely. Andrea, is there anything you would like to add as well? Yeah, like like our guest mentioned, you know, do some research, even if you're not Palestinian or not Muslim. It just doesn't hurt to do a little bit of research and then do the best you can to support it. That's it. That's all you really can do as an ally. Listen to the voices of those marginalized groups of what they need and just follow those needs. That's the best you can do. Thank you so much for talking to us on Palestine, Mariam. And you can follow Mariam on Instagram. So that's at Mariam Nusser. 
is that how you pronounce it Nusser or uh, it doesn't matter okay. my name stuck spelled correctly when my dad immigrated it was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so it's at m-a-r-i-a-m-n-o-u-s-e-r and we'll also have it linked on in our bio so at mariam Nusser. We hope you enjoyed today's segment on Raise Your Words. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate us on Apple Podcasts whenever you're tuning in from. You can follow us on Instagram at Raise Your Words Pod. Once again, at Raise Your Words Pod. Stay tuned for more. See you guys.